I swear to God, they've come to this world to kill us all and take over. I don't know if that'll solve your wars, but... It'll wash your ducks. Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I am the ghost of Rachel Miller. (laughs) I'm Stuart Hopkins. (laughs) What happened to the real Rachel Miller? (laughs) She was eaten by Santa. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, that did happen. Yeah. I never knew the outcome. Well, um, you still don't know what happened, but there's a ghost here today. So you're like Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas past? I'm everything, Ryan. Everything. It's a Christmas miracle. You're the ghost of Christmas in July past. Whoa, Inception. I was just going to say, I'm so glad to be back. It's been a while since we've done an actual recording. It has, yeah, which is... Yeah. It's been a little while, yeah. I uh, So I think I mentioned it last time, but uh, I was... By terrariums, um, by terrarium business, I was contacted by a restaurant in Chicago because they wanted oh, yeah. some centerpieces. Uh, yeah, so I fulfilled that order uh, in between our recordings and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I made... 25 uh individual unique terrariums and they ended Ooh. up in in the bar in uh the dot the bottom of the train station and so there's a bunch of centerpieces down there it's really cool they're it's literally the only thing on the table other than the salt and pepper shaker which scares the crap out of me because it's like <laughs> why like i because i went to help set them up right like i and the, the restaurant has plants everywhere so it's not like it's out of place right it's the factor that it's like there's something i made that is there I don't know. It scares me. Not that like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where you you deliver a product and you're like, I know that like they know what they ordered. They know exactly what they ordered, but it still just scares me, you know? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I I have a couple of pictures. It was hard to get pictures while we were setting up and stuff, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's really cool. I, I had a giant, a giant order and it was a lot of fun to do. They were smaller, like the size of a pop can, but Still, I mean, it was it was kind of cool. Make twenty five, show up, drive down to Chicago, and show up with a giant box of them and help unload and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. It was. Really Hopefully, cool. nobody pours peat moss into their soup. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, that's it. That's part of the thing that really scares me, right? Is it's like, okay, are people just going to knock them off and it hits the ground and they're done? Is that going to happen a lot? Are they going to pick them up and turn them upside down and then it's done? Oh, or they're going to start picking use, at it. Yeah, right. like how right? How quickly are these things going to be gone? Uh, that's that's the thing that scares me. I did my best to make sure they were like as bulletproof as possible, but they're still an ecosystem. You can't turn that thing upside down. Otherwise, it's gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Have you met an energy company before? An energy company? Turning ecosystems upside down is what they do. (laughs) Oh my God. That was dark. That was super dark. I love how you referenced that like several times on the show. I was just listening to the episode with the the rant about the duck on the (laughs) dock. And I had to explain it to somebody and they're like, dude that's that's way too much and i'm like no like you don't understand <laughs> it's a shame that or you know since then we've only had one massive oil spill where our literal ocean was on fire oh my god oh my god so yeah but a little a little donald will sweep that right yeah, up that'll do you yep 
clean up the whole thing. Just a little dabble, do you? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had at least a couple weeks where uh, we were on full blown going to war against spider mites and aphids and the like. We're still but... going to war, by the way. It's just subsided for oh my a short gosh. time. Well, because well, you, you know, just our... never can get fully rid of them. Like, right? It's not possible. Yeah, although I think we clearly won the battle. And to keep with the dark theme, it's not like war ever ends, really. So, Oof. Uh, but uh, I'm actually. And welcome to your wonderful, happy show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> the thing I'm we're praised about video. is the happiness that we're uh, clearly feeling the other end of right now. <laughs> the happiness of war. <laughs> I'm actually going through the same thing. I, I bought some neem oil and I'm trying to get rid of my my stuff um, that just keeps coming back. So I'm hoping that this finally takes care of it. Yeah, we uh, we if, were able um, to... If your plants... Go, go on. We were able to recover uh, this big... Um, I believe it's called a Red Sisters plant, which are like four giant red leaf plants. Corti- Cordelana or something like that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. uh, got all the spider... Or at least 99 present of the spider mites off of there so that's been good and then there's a couple of things where we're still spot treating every once in a while but a couple tomato plants got hit bad and died uh and then another one i have has uh grown in our kitchen above like seven and a half eight feet so it's now taller what? than i am it sits on the floor so that the leaves can actually be in the window <laughs> a tomato plant yeah Dude. We have a history of very tall plants. <laughs> very tall, very non-fruit-bearing plants. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very One single little tiny tomato at the bottom. <laughs> I still want to see that, though. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. It, we planted it off of, uh, off of a, um, like a plant store. So it was only maybe less than a foot tall and now it's you know i i had it up on our like kitchen shelf thing that we put by the window just so it'd be tall enough to get into the light because we don't yeah. really have a lot of outdoor space and then it got too tall so i put it down onto a chair and then i now have it just sitting on the floor and it's over like eight feet tall <laughs> oh, yes that's awesome so, <laughs> that part's been fun Stu, if your plants that you're trying to treat are not edible like if you're not going to get food off of them yeah um there is a very strong one that we have had that has that worked just excellent on the on the really big plant that um ryan mentioned his sister's one oh really it works it's excellent it's very strong and you cannot eat anything off of the plant after you've sprayed it Oh man. Okay. So, like, what we do, will you take it outside after dark and you do it outside because it's a very strong pesticide. Okay. But it works amazing. Like, it works wonders once you've done it. So, send me a link. I probably won't be able to just because of the strong, uh, strong odors and stuff. But yeah, we're super yeah. sensitive to smells. But yeah, that's still, I would like to see it though. Absolutely. I'm sure Monsanto would love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just to add to the trifecta Just, of world chaos. Oh my God. Yeah. We got war. We got, um, <laughs> God. We got oceans burning. Oceans, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But hey, it's Christmas in July and the ghost of Rachel is here. <laughs> that calls for some trivia. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, this is the 71st ever episode. And uh, we're going to go six rounds again of four questions. Our double round robin uh, with all three of us uh, 
trying to answer and earn points and vie for uh, all the uh, hopefully world peace in the world that we can bring. Who I'm knows? Good peace. I'm good with that. Or a bunch of dawn, because apparently that'll solve it too. <laughs> that I don't know if that'll solve your wars, but <laughs> it'll wash your ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Get your ducks in a row. Yep. And it'll be nice and clean. <laughs> and uh, we'll get started with trivia, and uh, we'll start, as always, with Stu. Thank you. Cool. Uh, so this is a new round for me. Uh, this round is called Parts is Parts. And I'm going to list <laughs> off the, the parts of something, and you have to tell me the object or the thing itself. Oh, uh, my gosh. For example, Julia is Julia. obviously ryan yeah obviously uh yeah so like example right like motherboard cpu power supply you would say that's a computer right nice uh those are all the parts to a computer so i'm gonna play it where two points if you get it within the first three uh one point if you get it within the first five and there's nothing past that point cool i like it Thank you. Also, the the title is a reference to a uh, a very obscure Wendy's commercial from the 80s. (laughs) If anybody ever knows what I'm talking about, it's on a VHS called Commercial Crazies. My family and I loved it. Um, You should watch it sometime. Where's the beef? Yeah, no, that was was one of them. (laughs) Sorry. To continue. Question number one. What contains a pistol, a stamen, a peduncle, did you, did Ryan, you buzz yeah, it, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan. Oh, okay, yeah, Ryan. Uh, a flower. A flower, that's correct, yes. Nice. A sepal and a petal. That would be a flower. Two points to Ryan. Nice. Question number two. What has a magneto, a crankshaft, and a flywheel? Rachel. Rachel. Uh, uh, a fishing pole. Uh, that is not correct, no. Oh. What, it also has, any guesses, Ryan? A magneto, a what in a flywheel? A crankshaft. A crankshaft and a flywheel. A train? Uh, not correct, no. Uh, it also has a carburetor and a timing chain. Rachel. Rachel. A manual transmission car. Uh, I'll give you the point for that. It's an engine, <laughs> but I'll give it to you. I just know because manuals have the, ti- have the timing chain the or timing. belt. Yes, yes, and that's yeah. That goes out of out of whack sometimes. I'll give it to you. You have to you have to replace it about every sixty to ninety thousand miles. Yeah, it's expensive. (laughs) Okay, it's expensive. Nice. Uh, One point to Rachel there. Question number three: What has this is this one's a little bit tougher? Uh, What has a corbel, an apron, and a mantle? Rachel. Rachel. A fireplace. Correct, yes. Oh, yeah. It also has a firebox opening and a hearth. I thought that I didn't, I'd never heard of a Corbell. I like, I didn't know what that was, uh, which apparently is just like the design that comes down from the mantle on the front facing part of the, the fireplace. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know there were so know many pieces either. of it. I was, <laughs> I was pretty shocked by it. Nice. Right. <laughs> nice. Two points to Rachel. Question number four and the final question of the round. What contains the sylvian fissure, the occipital lobe, and the temporal lobe? Rachel. Right. I heard Rachel first on this one. The brain. The brain. That's correct. Uh, also the frontal lobe and the cerebellum. The brain. The brain. Pinkies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Rachel killing it in that round. Oh. 
nice job yeah five points to rachel two to myself Stu technically just holding down the fort it's the only good place to hide in this world <laughs> yes <laughs> safe from the fires mostly <laughs> <laughs> all right rachel Okay, so I am venturing into puzzle rounds. So, guys, I hope you're ready. Um, So my round is called, Why Not Have Some Music With Your Food? So I am want you to... All of these questions are filled with a whole bunch of clues. I want you to tell me the song title that has the food ingredient or the food name in the song title. So, for example, if I talk about sailing in the Caribbean and uh, you might want to add some cheese, add some lettuce, get some buns, and uh, also have a margarita on the side, you might think I was referring to Cheeseburger in Paradise by Ah. Jimmy Buffett. Ah, see where I'm going? I do. Yeah. Paradise. Okay. (laughs) Do let me know if I cut out because these are very clue heavy questions. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Question number one. In 1990, this dish was among the most popular desserts for both 4th of July and Canada Day. When you give it to her, you better make sure that it follows U.S. law by being composed of at least 25% of its namesake ingredient and no artificial sweeteners. Otherwise, there will be a warrant out to let you know that when everything is made all right, it will make a grown man cry. Stu. Ryan? Go ahead, Stu. I heard you first. Cherry pie. Yes, this is the song Ah. Cherry Pie by Warrant. Yes. I like the Warrant clue. (laughs) Yeah, that was really good. (laughs) See? See where we're going with this? This is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Two points to stew there. Question number two. If you are making cookies characterized by the sugary sweet garnish in 1987, you better remember both ingredients, cinnamon and this other one, which might make the cookie scream this phrase so loud, you'll go deaf if you forget it. Oh, 1987. Ha, okay, Stu. <laughs> go ahead, Stu. <laughs> is this is the song title Pour Some Sugar On Me? Yes, it is. <laughs> My death oh. Dude, this, this is, is this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy it's working. That song was actually my inspiration for this entire round. I was trying to figure out how I could. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, this one might be one of the harder ones of the round, but I think you guys can do it. This timeless condiment is associated with classic breakfast. I bet you don't know that she spends her evening singing at an infamous Paris cabaret where the patrons reward her fruity sweetness by treating her like nobility. I'm upset that I'm struggling on these because I feel like this is really in my wheelhouse. (laughs) A timeless condiment associated with classic breakfasts I bet you don't know that she spends her evenings singing at an infamous Paris cabaret where the patrons reward her fruity sweetness by treating her like nobility. Um, I think I know what the condiment is, but I have no idea what the song is. I will give you one point for the condiment. I'm going to think a little bit more on it, though. I want to... 
I'm trying so to get this. Th- there's a song with this word in it in the title. Yes. Mm. And I want the song title. Um, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Is Moulin Rouge the song title? No. Of the thi- All right. Not that Sorry. that makes much sense in the first place, but the best <laughs> I got. <laughs> Stu, do you have um, any guesses? Mate, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I love your guess. It's wrong, but it's 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 close. Okay. Um, this, um, and you, Ryan, you and and Stu, you guys actually were very both very close there. This is the song "Lady Marmalade." Oh man, which is which was remade. It's actually a 1975 song, but it was remade. In the 2004 film Moulin Rouge, oh, with like Christina Aguilera and and Pink and Little Kim, and I think there was one other person. Um, anyway, so you guys were both equally close, but I'm sorry, um, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, so no points for either of you. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, question number four. To make this sweet staple, all you need is sugar, flour, butter, eggs, baking powder, milk, and your ju- and your choice of flavor. Oh, and if you are in Chicago like us, you probably need a plane ticket to somewhere sunny. Baking soda. Brian. Um should this be more obvious? I don't know because I felt like this one was pretty obvious. Because you guys both like to cook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the ingredients are pretty, um, pretty general. general. Yeah, this could be pancakes. <laughs> this could be cookies. This could be uh, a lot of different things or crepes. Can you say it one more time? To make this sweet staple, all you need is sugar, flour, butter, eggs baking powder, milk, and your choice of flavor. Oh, and if you are in Chicago like us, you probably need a plane ticket to somewhere sunny. I don't get the clue. The second part. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of like destinations. I'm thinking of just somewhere hot, like beignets in New Orleans, but I'm pretty sure that's not a song. (laughs) It's just the thing. <laughs> I like your thought process on the title, though. Um, um, I can just give you a personal clue, which is this song came out in the last five years. Um, birthday cake. Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. I can't think of anything. Can you give the artist for like well, one point? <laughs> yeah, you can go. Yeah, do the artist for one point. No, can you give the artist? It's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, are you giving me points on my own round? <laughs> um, this is DNCE. Yeah, I, I, that's that part is not in my wheelhouse. Hmm. It was the last five years, though. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not gonna know. I haven't listened to them for a while. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to give it to you guys. Uh, this is Cake by the Ocean. Oh, my god! Cake gosh. by the Ocean. That's my favorite candle <laughs> yeah, scent. Yeah, I do. 
<laughs> this is a very sh- popular song. I should have known that. Oh my gosh. Are you sure that's in the last five years? That 10 years? I'm pretty sure I'm going to feel really bad if it's five years, if it's 10 years. Let me look it up. This is definitely not an era of music I know, and I don't think I've ever heard of that song title. Oh, no, you're right, Rachel. It's 2015. It's, that's, that's five years. It's five. Uh, sick. Oh, okay. Wow. I like it, though. It's a good clue. It, yeah, that was... No, I should have gotten that one. I really should have. <laughs> nice job. That was a really good round, Rachel. <laughs> I loved that. That was really good. <laughs> It took me forever to write because my brain just does not function that way. I'm very much A to B. And by the time, like whenever we have rounds like this, by the time I finally understand how to do the round, we're on like question number four. <laughs> that was fantastic, though. All right. I have Stu with four points, myself with two, Rachel in the lead with five. And uh, we are going to get to some classic general trivia where uh, we're going to do this. Geek Bracket style, because uh, it's so much more fun. Uh, I have six rounds, and I posted them in the chat just now, and you both are going to pick a, uh, a topic. Uh, you'll both trade off, so we'll do four total questions. Uh, the question rounds are taglines, family names, keeping score, on the road again, nicknames, and mythology. Oh, the JP's names are way more creative. These are just general <laughs> topic lines. Uh, so, uh, Stu, why don't you pick first? Oh, man. There's a couple of these that I want to do. Um, let's go with keeping score. All right. Keeping score. The ELO score or the ELO score is a measure of skill level in what game with the highest peak rating belonging to Magnus Carlsen at 2,882, having achieved this in 2014? Uh, Stu. The ELO score. I'm going to go ahead and ask. Oh, Stu, go ahead. Is this League of Legends? Uh, no, <laughs> not League of Legends. Okay. What's <laughs> that, Rach? Um... Give me was, like a hot second. Yeah, it was cutting out a little bit again. <laughs> the ELO score, I believe, or uh, ELO score. I, I know it's said, so I think it's ELO score. Is a measure of skill level in what game with the highest peak rating belonging to Magnus Carlsen at 2,882 points, having achieved this in 2014? Okay, I'm going to kind of do an out there guess. Okay. Because this feels like beyond general trivia, but you know, we never know around here. Um, is this the Scottish Highland Games? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, no, they compete across various games with like the scores adding up. I appreciate the effort, but no. Okay. Any other guess? Um, uh, no, go for it. Magnus Carlsen uh, is the, uh, at least I believe right now, the clear and undisputed leader of uh, chess, one of the oldest games. So ALO score is the measure that you get for beating and winning other ranked opponents. Nice. Okay. Chess. So no points there. Uh, Rachel, pick a category. On the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. All right. 
The Edmund Pettus Bridge is a symbol of monumentous change and a national historical landmark that lies on the road between what two American cities? The Edmund Pettus Bridge is a symbol of monumentous change and a national historic landmark that lies on the road between what two American cities? I mean, I got a guess, but it's... Uh, yeah. Boston and New York. No. <laughs> Rachel? Rachel. Um... I was thinking New York and Washington, D.C. Not New York and Washington, D.C. The Edmund Pettus Bridge is a symbol of monumentous change in a national historic landmark that lies on the road between what two American cities? Uh, Both of these cities are in the same state. Okay. Rachel? Rachel. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia? No. I might be in the entirely wrong time period. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge, uh, has had lots of photo ops and lots of historic moments, uh, particularly for uh, John Lewis and other people like Dr. Martin Luther King and others celebrating the momentous change. Uh, This sits between Selma and Montgomery, the march to Montgomery and everything there for the equal rights movements and and everything else there. So Selma and Montgomery. So no points there. Uh, Stu, pick again. We still have taglines, family names, nicknames, and mythology. Let's go with nicknames. Nicknames. Uh, George Herman is the iconic New York Southpaw, and while nicknamed the Bambino and also the Sultan of Swat, he is best known by what name? Oh, gosh. Yeah, they have a, a sports question in here. <laughs> George Herman is the iconic New York Southpaw, while nicknamed the Bambino and the Sultan of Swat, he is best known by what name? I don't even know what sport we're talking about. <laughs> I got nothing for this one. Jeez. You asked two non-sports people a sports question. <laughs> All right. Well, the Bambino. Uh, also, if you uh, know most of the Sandlot by heart, you would know the great Bambino, that wimpy deer, and the Sultan of Swat. This would be uh, none other than Babe Ruth himself. Oh, man. Ah. Just churning along through here. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> final pick. Let's do... Let's do... Uh, mythology. That's great for radio. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I apologize for the sounds I make. They're part of my personality. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, What is the name given to the nation of all female warriors in Greek mythology who are betrayed in the in the likes of the Iliad and the labors of Hercules? Rachel. Rachel. (laughs) Um, The Amazonians. 
This would be the Amazonians. The Amazons. Nice job. That was the best response to Rachel <laughs> for her call out I've ever heard. <laughs> nice job. The uh, all female warriors in Greek mythology who are betrayed in the the likes of the Iliad and the labors of Hercules. That would be the uh, Amazons. Uh, nice job. That uh, brings it to halftime, and the scores are uh, myself with two, Stu with four, Rachel with seven. And uh, it is back to you, Stu. My round is... Uh, this might actually be the third time that I've done this one, but it, I put part two. Um, <laughs> my round is Disney Villains part two. Part two, the third. Part two, the third, <laughs> the revenge. I'm going to give you uh, the villain scheme and their downfall, and you've got to give me the Disney-specific villain. Uh, yeah, okay. plain and simple. I'm going to give you their scheme, their downfall, or like what they're after, and you give me the villain. Nice. Question number one. In order to maintain immortality and eternal youth, this villain decides that kidnapping a newborn baby and isolating them while using their powers is the best way to do it. She meets her downfall when the main character gets a haircut. Rachel. Rachel. Oh, Mother Gothel from Tangled. Correct. Yes. Two points ah, for Rachel. Nice. Question I've number two. I've had some sleep now. I'm on the ball. Yeah, dude, you're rocking this round. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. Wanting to take the crown for himself, he uses mind control and magic to manipulate the ruling force and try and gain power. Ultimately, he finds the artifact he's been looking for and comes to own one himself, not knowing the limitations and confinements that come with such power. Ryan. Ryan. Is this Jafar? It is. This is Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Itty bitty living space. Itty bitty living space. <laughs> Two points to Ryan. Well done. Question number three. Fear tactics and violence are this villain's ticket to the resources he needs. He manipulates and scares an entire colony into giving him their food and resources with, mo with more demands the following year. He meets a gruesome end while being eaten alive. Ryan. Ryan. Is this Scar? It is not Scar, no. no. Eaten alive. Fear tactics and violence are this villain's ticket to the resources he needs. He manipulates and scares an entire colony into giving him their food and resources with more demands the following year. He meets a gruesome end when being eaten alive. I kind of oh. have another guess, but sure. Rach. I'm, go ahead. Uh, I don't know go, the go name, I, I don't have but is this from A Bug's Life? It is from A Bug's Life. I don't know the name of the bad the name guy. Though. Oh, man. Rachel, you want to steal it? I, I don't point? know it either. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I didn't really like A Bug's Life because I'm deathly, like, afraid of beetles. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I hate. Okay, I'm going to try not to make this into too much of a rant, but I hate <laughs> beetles with a burning passion. I swear to God, they've come to this world to kill us all and take over. The beetle revolution is upon us. I mean, they're not my that favorite band. That was the 70s. Like, 60s, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What, so Even what I trauma, like, did one, like, fly into your mouth when you were a kid or something? Like, what, what happened to make you hate them so much? 
Or is it like so the click clack of their wings of, when they fly? <laughs> we get what are called bombardier beetles where I come from. Yeah. And they, they don't hurt anything. They don't even come inside, but they're huge. They are several inch long. They're, they can get, I, I think in certain places they can get three or four inches long. They get very large. What's interest, What makes them interesting is they have hard shells. And so when they walk on something hard, you can hear like the tick, 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 tick as they're walking, as mm. their shell hits the ground. Awesome. And I would see I'm... them occasionally. So. Fun yes. fact, Rachel also hates pennies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the smell. You just can't get rid of it. And that's the problem is you have to find a way to get rid of them without killing them or making them upset. Like, vacuum <laughs> no easy task yeah well yeah well you ruin your you well you ruin yeah, your, yeah. Va- your vacuum that way yeah you buy a vacuum specific <laughs> for <laughs> for sucking off stink bugs the beetles so um <laughs> ryan if you know i'm decently good at scooping up bugs and putting them out so, <laughs> for that sole reason uh, that's fair all right so what's so, the bad guy yeah. from up above <laughs> sorry yeah. sorry, uh, sorry no you're fine that would be hopper <laughs> hopper checks out yeah <laughs> makes sense <Right> there, <laughs> nice no points on that one uh but some really good insight into rachel's childhood trauma <laughs> moving on to question number four uh, <laughs> the last question of my round oh all right so yeah question number four <laughs> <laughs> Truly one of the most heartless villains. This character believes to do right by the church in crucifying and kicking people out of the city. He uses manipulation to mess with the heroes only to eventually fall into a pit of lead. A molten pit of lead. Rachel. Molten. Rachel. Is this um, Frollo yes. from Hatchback and Notre Dame? Yes, it is. Judge Claude oh. Frollo. I thought it was Hunchback. I didn't, I, I didn't know the, the name of that thing. person either. Yeah, Frollo's a pretty weird one, uh, but definitely like one of the worst Disney villains out there. I was just going to say, people need to know that the Disney version cut out a very large portion of the terribleness of that book because that book is a companion to another very well-known book. It's the companion to, to Les Mis. Oh, Hunchback right. of Notre Dame is the companion to Les Mis, and Les Mis is the happy one. Oh. <laughs> so let's put this in perspective. The Miserables or the Miseries is the companion happy one. To I mean, that's been the theme of this episode, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think, to us. I can't remember. There's a few good YouTube videos that try to calculate the worst or like the, the most deaths in Disney movies yeah. and stuff. I can't remember yeah. if it's like the film theory, film theory yep. or film theorist or whatever. Uh, there's some good ones where they try to calculate the death toll of all of them. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that one. That was good. Yeah. If, if I remember right, it's, I think it's Lion King. I think like it is Scar. Yeah, Moana or one of those, like one of them, like an entire village collapses or something like that. I'm pretty sure that it's Scar, yeah, because he directly causes the starvation of an entire, like, <laughs> savannah. Yeah, even if it's not, like, true on-screen deaths, there is, yeah, quite a bit of famine and plague there. Right. Uh, nice. All right, uh, that is uh, myself and Stu tied at four, and uh, Rachel is up to nine. 
And uh, Rachel, it's your turn. Okay, well, I think my round is aptly titled. My, my round is titled, How Did We Get Here? <laughs> um, my round is all is just a basic trivia questions all about these strange things humans have caused or experienced that make you say, how did we get here and how do we go back? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I will just ask you a question. You need to tell me uh, whatever the question asks. Sure. <laughs> whatever the question so asks. Question number well, each one is like asking different. All right. Question number one. Rumor has it that on hot summer days in Boston, you can still smell the sweetness from the flood of this sweet ingredient in 1919, aptly called a sweet, sticky death. Right. Coincidentally, oh. also how a very hot, humid days in Boston feel. Anyway, I heard <laughs> Stu first. No, you didn't finish the question. So. That's we not- both buzzed in, so I figured I was going to be generous. Oh, okay. Uh, this would be molasses. I was actually thinking about this the other day of like, yep, that's a ridiculous event that happened. <laughs> the great molasses yeah. flood. Um, <laughs> God, yeah. Sweet sticky death, also called a summer de- summer's day in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> but it, it's terrifying because it's, you know, yeah, it might be I mean, it's not going to be super slow. Like, I mean, it's it's a large amount of mass that's moving fairly quickly due to gravity and stuff. But like, you, there's no getting out of it. If it hits you, you're done. That's it. Like, goodbye world. <laughs> you're stuck <laughs> to everything. It's it's too thick. You can't jump out of it. You can't swim through it. Like, heaven forbid that you know you get like your arm stuck or something. You're done for. Like, I, it's, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Oh yeah, this is a. How did we get here? And. uh <laughs> How do we go back? And the answer is, you don't. You don't. <laughs> Did you ever hear the Great Canadian Flood? It was also syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was also, it was like hot molasses. It wasn't like right. cold molasses. I think that's also a big thing. Because if you've ever heated up any kind of syrup or molasses, it gets very liquidy and scalding. Yeah. It's- Viscosity. That was my middle school science fair project. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, that was a uh, a marquee question of our first uh, appearance on the Pub Trivia Experience was talking about that exact topic. <laughs> it's where, it's always been interesting to me. Where it was just like uh, we feel comfortable in our answer, syrup. <laughs> <laughs> also, real quick, can I go back just a second to your phrase? I heard you both at the same time, so I'm going to be reasonable. Stu, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, can I clarify? <laughs> I don't can- know why you would need to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should have meant... So when Stu mentioned having answered in before the end, I meant to say, like, I heard you both answer in before I f- finished the question, but I heard Stu first in that. Got like it. that's what I meant. I didn't just choose it out of a hat. To be reasonable, Stu, just take it. You, Screw you it. engaged <laughs> in te- take backsies. The time of reasonableness is over. <laughs> the time of chaos is now. 
Question number two. Speaking of terribles, in 2017, <laughs> Pepsi was responsible for the spill of over 176,000 gallons of this in Russia. The contents of the spill are common beverages and ingredients as they are the natural result of crushing the plant sources after harvest. One could argue that this is also molasses. <laughs> it is not molasses and it is edible or drinkable. Take your pick. No. Tell me um, which one it is. <laughs> it could be either. I don't know if edible includes drinkable, so I, ca I called it both. I don't know if if it, if edible also covers drinks. I, so that's why. I have a guess. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, is this like uh like agave? Um, you know don't, what? If, if it, no, it don't don't give me it if it's the other one. If I'm asking if it's agave, Rachel. I'm trying to be reasonable here. Hey, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me how to answer questions in my round? What are you two doing tonight? Being reasonable. Not being reasonable. That's what. <laughs> you are kind of maybe similar to the category, but if you think it is reasonable not for me to be for me not to be lenient, I will not give it to you. Can okay. I do not be lenient? <laughs> okay. Is it corn syrup? It is not. May I have another guess for, for one point? Actually, yes. can you repeat it uh, again? Is this never mind, good. That's no, good. Repeat Go it. Go ahead, Stu first. Okay. Uh, in 2017, Pepsi was responsible for the spill of over 176,000 gallons of this in Russia. The contents of the spill are, are common beverages and ingredients, as they are the natural result of crushing their plant product sources after harvest. Is this stevia? Um, so you guys got, got to think a little more general for this one. This is just juice. What? <laughs> Various types of juice, both vegetable and fruit juice. <laughs> That's not reasonable at all. <laughs> so it was just juice. They had a processing plant that had various fruit and vegetable juices that spilled. <laughs> so that's what happened. Oh. Gotcha. Question number three. This isolated island country once went to war with one of the largest species of flightless birds. Humans <laughs> lost. Name yeah. the avian adversary. <laughs> Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Uh, this would be the emu war. Yes, it is the emu war. And, uh, two points to you, and I have a small story about an emu. Oh, gosh. Um, as, as you guys knew, I grew up in Colorado, and uh, one time we were driving out middle of nowhere, Colorado, a place that most people don't know existed. Ryan still hasn't been to this area of the state. You know, middle of nowhere, and we're driving. We've been, we have passed a car in like an hour, and then we're going and we see something on the side of the road. It is an emu running down the side of the road in what? rural Colorado in North America. What? And it is just sprinting down the side of the road. There is nothing else in sight. It was, 
it is just the strangest sight in the world. I still have no idea what was going on or what the story is behind it, but there was an emu. I bet if you turned around, you'd see like a coyote uh, chasing after it or something. <laughs> well, we came up behind it and it was already didn't see anything. Um, I'm assuming it was on its way to Australia to go to war, but yes, I don't know. <laughs> Pack your bags. <laughs> The draft, the draft will get you. <laughs> Question number four. In a remote area of Turkmenistan, a bizarre hole of flame continuously. Although it has an ominous name, it does provide an excellent view to know when something impossible occurs. What? <laughs> uh, I know. So are you looking for the name of the thing? Yes. Okay. Uh, is this the uh, the gate? Is this the gates of hell? It is the gates of hell. It is a massive pit, which is presumed to be an old mine, but nobody's quite sure. Um, and it is continuously burning this huge, open, seemingly endless pit of fire. But you will know when something impossible happens because it'll freeze over. <laughs> Ha! Ah! See, it. <laughs> clever. Rachel's all about these clues. This game. I worked really hard on my rounds. Like I spent hours on them because my I'm a very type A person. So these kind of like cluey, puzzly ones are not my wheelhouse. So I worked for a really long time on them. They were fantastic. I like it. Thanks. All right, uh, that go- means going into the final round. It is uh, myself with four, a poultry four, and uh, it is nine to ten with Stu one point ahead going into the last mm-hmm. round uh, with a little bit of reasonable help, if I do say so myself. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is a new round. Uh, excited about this one. This is uh, found on their tombstone. Oh, where uh, oh I found God. this idea from a uh, Sporkle, the uh, site Sporkle.com. So I'll have a link to where the first thing came from. But uh, these are um, basically from the pictures of tombstones of famous or iconic people. And uh, I will give you basically the contents of what's on their tombstone. <laughs> Most of them have some kind of, uh, you know, they're born and death years um, and, you know, a little thing and generally a quote or something that is a little bit iconic to them. Uh, these might be a little tougher, a few of these, but uh, I'll give you the contents of that. They're all pretty quick. And uh, you just have to give me uh, the person who lies six feet beneath. Got it. And uh, I'll also just put these in the chat so you can take a look at them as well. Question number one, 1908 to 1989 man of 1,000 voices, beloved husband and father, quote, that's all, folks. Um, um, um. Man of a 1,000 voices. Oh. I've watched enough um, um, Looney Tunes to know this, but I don't. Oh, my gosh. Mm. This one's a little bit of a pool, but, uh. 1908 to 1989, man of a thousand voices, beloved husband and father, and quote, that's all, folks. I can see the credit scene (laughs) on it, and I can't, I can see where his name goes. 
I'm going to know. And I can't picture his name. Could be a little bit tough. Yeah. This is Mel. Oh, my God. Blanc. Mel Blanc. Yep. 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 Creator of the Looney Tunes, voice of Bugs Bunny, and many others. At least a thousand, according to his tombstone. (laughs) All right. No points there. Question number two. July 24th, 1898 to July 2nd, 1937, flew Atlantic Ocean solo May 20th through 21st, 1932. Still. Still. Amelia Earhart. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not 17... or yeah. 1592. 1592. <laughs> yeah. Amelia sailed the ocean blue. Yeah. Easy. As we all know. Uh, yeah. That'd be Amelia Earhart <laughs> flew Atlantic Ocean solo May 20th through 21st, 1932. All right. Two points of stew there. Question number three. July 6th, 1925. To August 12, 2007. I will not be right back after this message. <laughs> um. Maybe a little bit tough, but I know you've heard the name. Uh, I will not be right back after this message. A bit more of a classic. Oh, man. It's a game show host. Uh... Maybe that's my guess. Um, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, I don't know if he's dead, so I'm gonna feel really <laughs> bad if he isn't. Is this Regis Philbin? Uh, not Regis Philbin. Okay, uh, is he dead or alive? That's a good question. He might have just recently. <laughs> okay. I think if he he's recently alive. did. Okay, I still feel kind of bad. Yeah, he died. He died last year. Oh, okay. I will not be right back after this message. Uh, you're on the right track. Just a little more classic. I got nothing. I can't think of it. Uh, not just host back in the day, but creator of many, many games. Uh, this would be Merv Griffin. Oh, man. All right. Question number four. Last question of the game. Uh, 1929 to 1968. Quote, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Ray- Rachel? Rachel. Um, this is Martin Luther King Jr.? Indeed. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Nice job. Uh, that is the end of the game. And the scores are myself with four. And a very, very close 12 to 11, Stu taking it at one point. Woo. Nice. Nice. Let's be reasonable, though. <laughs> Could have been a draw. Let's be reasonable. Uh, nice job. Um, I yeah. fully accept that I should have communicated better about what I was referring to <laughs> when I said them. But I do stand by that, I, that when you guys answered I called out during my question. I very clearly heard Stu very long before Ryan. 
I mean, no worries. If this would have been done fairly and I got those two points, I would have only been beaten by double. <laughs> so I'm still a little upset. <laughs> well, that and also you're assuming you would have answered correctly. Oh, woof. Mm. I, I just don't know. I tried to be as <laughs> fair as possible. It really put me in a sticky situation. And I never engaged in take backsies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, regardless of the situation, we can get some picks where uh, each episode, a couple of us give a game and movie experience from the cool like that we recommend you check out. And Stu, the big winner today, you have a pick. I do. Uh, Yes, my pick is it's another indie game. Uh, Nice. Yeah, my pick is for a game called Dicey Dungeons. Uh, It is a roguelike uh, dungeon. That's not even a dungeon crawler, Um, but technically it is. It's it's a very fun game. Uh, so the game is, at times, it's a deck builder, uh, roguelike, to where you basically, you know, you go through different enemies and pick up gear and everything. But then, you know, once you die, you have to start over from the beginning and you don't take anything with you. Uh, and so you just kind of try and figure out the best combinations of what you pick up in order to make it to the end of the run, essentially. But the whole premise is that it's based around dice. And you randomly roll a certain number of dice at the beginning of your turn, and then you use different items and weapons and power-ups that require specific values of your dice, uh, and you use them in combination with each other. Some make you re-roll, some make you add more dice to your pool, uh, some you know lessen or split them up into two pieces and stuff. And uh, yeah, and then you fight enemies, you know, and they do damage and and health and different status effects and stuff. It is uh, a blast. I. I haven't been this like into finishing a game, especially a roguelike, in a long, long time since Slay the Spire, which was like two or three years ago for me. Nice, uh, yeah. It's it's great, cool, and it's it has like dollars, an adorable art style to it. The yeah, the look and feel of it's great. The music is fantastic too, by the way. Like it's it's very addicting. It is it is great, and it's nice too because it's like all right, well, you can pick it up and set it down in like ten minutes if you need to. Uh, otherwise, right. you might find yourself engrossed for like two hours. But it's on it's on. I think pretty much every platform. It's on the Switch, which is actually really nice because you can even just use the touchscreen. You don't have to use a single button on the entire console. Uh, you can just use the touchscreen to play, which is really cool too. Nice, uh, yeah. So I see it as uh, Switch and then uh, PC, Mac, and Linux, and then it also says ports for iOS and Android are planned. Yes, but on Switch now at uh, least, it is. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and you'll find and. Yeah, there's just there's just a lot of different combinations. I could go on and on about the whole thing, but yeah, it's it's only fifteen bucks. It's really cheap for an indie game, and there's a lot there, so definitely worth it. Nice, sounds really cool. Uh, we'll have a link to it. So, uh, I also have a pick. Uh, this is a library extension at libraryextension.com. And if you've heard me once, you've heard me a thousand, 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 thousand times. Uh, <laughs> Get a library card. They're awesome. They let you read books. <laughs> and um, this helps. It is a browser extension that is on uh, Chrome and Firefox and Edge, at least those three. Um, 
and it is a little extension that you activate and um, you can go through and it it basically when you're on a site with books and there's a whole list of things that it has um, it will kind of scrape when you're on the page if it's Amazon Barnes and Noble uh, Goodreads uh, a whole bunch of other ones I I don't recognize but like smaller you know library catalogs and stuff it will display so if you're on Amazon and you're looking at a book since that's at least the way that I find a lot of books is just scrolling through Amazon it will come up with a little thing in the top of the page and it you connect it to your home library so for us it's the Chicago Public Library and it'll say hey this book has you know one of four copies available do you want to borrow it or place a hold on it and just from that portal you can it's connected into your library account so you can place a hold on it or borrow it and have it sent to your library to pick up whoa um it is super it, cool. It just sounds incredible. Ryan has been raving. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is awesome. It's really cool and it works seamlessly. It just pulls up like right next to the sidebar where the checkout is. There's just this little thing that then pops up and it tells you how many copies are in your system or or if there aren't it. I think I can't recall off the top of my head, but I think it has a button to then go to the place where like you can request a book from your library. So, yeah, so I installed it. And like the first thing I did was go to my Amazon lists for all the books and pulled them up in new tabs and to see which ones are available. And uh, judging by the fact that I have 20 some odd books checked out right now, uh, I can attest to the fact that it really works. (laughs) 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 So simple, uh, completely free. Uh, There is a donation portal if you want to use it. Um, And then there's like privacy and all that stuff that if you want to look into it, it only... uh, like whitelists those book sites and certain sites like Amazon, Barnes and Noble again, things like that. Um, and it it's just right there. It's really nice to use. It's you know somebody who's obviously a big proponent of uh, using the library and uh, stuff like that. It's it's really cool to use. That is I think, awesome. Yeah, I think even if you don't use libraries a whole lot, like just install it and run through your uh, Amazon wish list if you have books and stuff in there and see what's available. It's uh, really nice to to use and just kind of have on tap there. Nice. Thank yeah. you. That's amazing. That's a really good one. Yeah. So uh, libraryextension.com and uh, we'll have a link in the show notes and everything. And uh, if you have a pick of your own, which uh, we got one in recently, so I think we're going to show it on a, a new episode soon. But uh, if you have an episode or an episode, maybe it's an episode of a TV show, but if you have <laughs> something that you think listeners would enjoy and you want to share it out uh, or a trivia topic idea, email us at things I got wrong at gmail.com and check out things I got wrong on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff to get all the uh, all that stuff. And then the website things I got wrong.com has all the past episodes and uh, all the show notes, all the picks, all that stuff is available on the website to so check that out. Uh, the next episode will come out in late July, so uh, stick tuned for that. And uh, congrats again, Stu. Nice win. Thanks, appreciate it. And uh, thank you great to your rounds. Yeah, these were good rounds. Uh, thank you to you both. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you, Rachel. And uh, until next time, we will see you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.